You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right, we're the Fantasy Joes. We've got back with us from North Carolina, Trey Barrett. Trey, how was Vegas? You survived, my friend. It was good, man. We had a good time. There is, there is no better environment in which to watch big sporting events. Nothing like having a bourbon in your hand at 10 o'clock in the morning, watching college basketball with, uh, you know, three or four team parlay riding. I mean, it, it was a good time. Good, good time. Happy to be back. Happy to be chatting with you fellas. And with his sad face from Minneapolis, Minnesota, the home office of the Fancy Joes, Will Greenwood, Iowa, they, they gave it a nice run, my friend, but just didn't have enough to pull it out against Tennessee. Wow, he brings this up early. Yeah, you're uh, wearing the Iowa guys t-shirt right there, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, is the, the, you know, is the ebb and flow of that game was between the world was ending and now the world is better again and everything's okay with life, and then they just end up losing it. It's fine. I just think it's funny in, in our Voxer chat, Trey was like, well, you know, your Hawkeyes at least gave it a better run than, than the Gators did. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, at least you guys have teams that made it to the NCAA tournament. My lowly Illinois team didn't even sniff it this year. So but you're kind of used to that though, right? Isn't it? Now I am. It didn't, it didn't used to be that way though. Gosh, it's so funny. Hey, hey Ryan, uh, 2005 called. They want their Illinois fandom back. <laughs> Ouch. And finally, there's me at Rotor Librarian, Ryan Livergood. I'm, I'm very sad right now. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. But let's talk about something that's not so sad. Let's talk about Dynasty football. And we're in this really strange part of the year, guys, because, you know, we, we've been talking rookies, I feel like, for a couple of months. And, you know, we're still talking rookies, but the draft is still a good month away or so, right? So, uh, you know, three three weeks, perhaps, if I want to be optimistic. No, it's like a month away. So, what are you guys doing with your dynasty teams? What do you, what do you, you know, there, I guess there, there are the owners meetings in Phoenix. We're hearing some buzz out of those owners meetings. Anything that you're, you guys are excited about. This is by the way, our uncut show, uncut, unedited, uncensored, <laughs> unedited, uncensored. So, you know, we're just going to, we don't have a, 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 we do have kind of a show sheet, but we're just going to kind of talk off the cuff. So it's, it's going to be fun. So Trey, what are you doing right now with your teams? Well, I'll be honest <clears throat> with the with the with the Vegas trip and then getting back and trying to spend some time with my family. I've actually been doing very very little. But this is this is probably for me the point of the year where I'm going to start picking one roster um, every two or three days and going through. And I, I'm starting to kind of formulate a list of guys that I want to buy. Um, heading into the off season, which I'm guessing we'll probably have an episode in the coming weeks, uh, months that we'll have some discussions about. But I'm I'm basically just going through and kind of trying to find assets that I'd like to move, assets that I you know I'm doing I'm doing the whole like you know looking at each roster and saying who who are the you know five or six guys that I think in 12 months are not going to be worth what they're worth now and and I could maybe you know take what looks to be like a step back in the short term that's a step forward in the long term um, but 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 in in reality could end up being a step forward in the short term there's some guys I think could outperform what people are expecting this year so I'm at the point where I'm starting to do some pretty good evaluations and and also identifying you know I've got quite a few draft picks in several leagues and so just kind of identifying uh, which draft picks I might be willing to move and which players I'm targeting so um, that's that's what i'm that's what i'm up to these days sounds good also you're involved in some startup auction drafts that type of thing that could literally be any show <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true so one of the things that we're doing so trey and i we, we talked about it a little bit not a, a couple episodes ago we're in this startup league with a major debbie component will and i um, did a startup auction league and Trey is one of our uh, opponents in the league. Trey went with a pretty brilliant approach of gobbling up 2020 first round picks and, you know, not so much a contender this year, but, but looking forward to the future where Will and I, we, we did the studs and duds win now approach. 
So there's also startups going on. And it's, this is a dangerous time of year because you're so tempted to join leagues because yeah, you can work on your existing teams and make trades, but you know, it's still, it's, there's still some free time on our hands and it's hard to say no to a good startup. Right. So, well, what are you doing other than startups? I've been looking at uh, teams that I have some picks and seeing what their values are after the combine and after where you think mock drafts are going to happen. And then teams that don't have picks and players that are a little bit older uh, trying to see what the values are in those guys. Julio Jones is a guy that I've been shopping around quite a bit. Uh, along with Michael Thomas is a guy that I've been trying to see where his value is out there, there on the market. Uh, just, just because that, that Saints team, I feel like has a lot of risk of change coming in the near future. And it's a little bit scary to me, even though we'll talk about it a little bit later with one of the trades I did. It's because I want to talk about it now. You but, love uh, Michael Thomas. We can talk about trades. Let's, uh, people love trades. Let's talk about trades. Uh, this is interesting to me because last year, going into last year, Michael Thomas was your dude. He was your guy. I mean, you, you love, Will loves himself some Michael Thomas. And he increased in value last year, right? So yeah, this is where we want to be. This is where we want to be with Michael Thomas. Uh, <laughs> like you want him to get more valuable and then maybe you reassess and you'd be like, okay, so now he's at this point, maybe we can move him for different assets. Uh, and kind of, kind of speaking about the Saints, though, in a team, a league that I'm not in with you guys, which is rare, uh, full PPR, tight end premium, one quarterback, 12-team league. I moved Julio Jones and Leonard Fournette for Alvin Kamara in the 307. This league has 10 taxi squad spots, and I have some guys that I can move off that, like my boy Akram Wadley and my other boy Ryan Nall, who I held on to just out of spite. Uh, so I wanted that 307 because I moved my picks last year. Uh, my team scored the most points in the league last year. My running backs are Zeke Elliott, uh, now Alvin Kamara. Uh, I have like Mark Ingram in there, and then uh, a few other people, wide receivers. Uh, Michael Thomas is on that team, things like that. But anyway, in general, in a vacuum, what do you guys think about this deal? My initial reaction is I love it. I, 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 I just think that you're getting the best piece of that deal and, and I love what the Saints did. I'm very excited that they brought in Latavius Murray because that's good because I don't necessarily want Alvin Kamara. I mean, would it be great for Alvin Kamara to be like the only guy in that backfield and do what he did the first four weeks of the NFL season? It would be great until he gets destroyed and he's no longer playing and he's injured. So, uh, no, I, I love it. I mean, I, I, love, I mean, obviously Julio is such a stud, but he's getting to that point in his career where you've got to worry about his age. I mean, I think about a guy like Jordy Nelson, you know, who just retired – um, not that Jordy was ever at the level of Julio, but, you know, an elite player who hit that, that age, you know, got, got into his, you know, was it 30, 31, 32, where, where Jordy just dropped off the face of the planet and, you know, one minute he is worth, you know, what, second, third, fourth round startup pick and the next minute he's worthless. So no, I, I like it. I like the move a lot. And Leonard Fournette, I don't know. Maybe he bounces back, but I just think he's hard to trust. I, I, I love this deal for you. Well, PPR league. I love, I mean, you know, in a, in a PPR, PPR league, Alvin Kamara, that's awesome. Trey, what do you think? You know, Alvin, Alvin Kamara is a guy that I'm, I'm having a little bit of a tough time with uh, where, where to really value him. You know, he, he's going up there toward the top of, of startup still. And, um, you know, I think if you look back over, you know, this, this past year, you know, you had those, you know, during the first, was it four weeks that Ingram was out? I, th I think that, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, he had that suspension for four weeks. So, you know, Kamara had two 30-point weeks in, in weeks one and four. He had 11 and 18 in weeks two and three. So he jumped out to this huge, um, you know, start. And then, you know, for the remainder of the season, I think he only had, and I think that this is, this is PPR. Um, he only had uh, three other games where he hit, hit 20 points, 29, 21, and 22. I know. Cause he was worn down for those first four weeks of the season. That's a, that's exactly the point. Well, I don't, I don't think it was worn down as much as it was. He just didn't get the same, he didn't get the same touches and, and his rush attempts. He did have a couple games in, where, where his rush attempts were, were kind of up, but you know, he only had one 100 yard, rushing game and, and, you know, relied heavily on the, on the pass. You know, one, one of those games in the first um, four weeks, he had 15 receptions. Um, so this must not be, this must, this may be standard scoring. 
Anyway, I, I just worry because I think, I think Latavius Murray can come in and do exactly what Mark Ingram did. I think that, you know, his use on the goal line. Um, I do like getting off of Julio. So I think I do like the trade for you, Will. I, I, I took a long way around that. Um, but but Kamara's a guy that I've been kind of a little nervous about and just kind of wondering, not, not nervous that I think he's going to drop off the face of the planet. But when I see him going in the top five or six um, in, in startup ADP, I'm like, man, that's, that's really, really early going ahead of some of these young wide receivers. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see where we're talking about Alvin Kamara in 12 months. And I, think, I don't think your nerves are unfounded. And I think that's why you could make a deal like this to get him. It, it, there's, it doesn't, it's not like it doesn't carry risk because you're right. Uh, he, those four, those first four weeks catapulted the rest of his season by quite a bit. Uh, but again, I, I, I've kind of flip-flopped on, not flip-flopped, but uh, I've become such a big Alan Kamara fan with that offense. And I think that he's still, he's still not there to where he can be as a, as a pro player. And, you know, maybe, maybe at worst, I feel like his value has less of a chance of decreasing than the two players I moved. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just keep getting back to, you know, I, I, and I know that Julio Jones and Jordy Nelson, it's not a good, good comparison because, you know, Julio Jones is this elite player and these elite studs tend to last longer, you know, past that 30, you know, uh, age 30. But Julio's 30 right now. And, you know, Jordy, basically that last big year he had, he was 31. And he averaged, I'm going to switch over to PPR because uh, I don't have it on PPR. Sorry about the delay. Um, you know, the last big year he had was 2016. Um, basically had 97 catches, 14 touchdowns. He averaged 19.2 points per game at PPR. And then after that, you know, 2017, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers was out, 9.8 points average. And then he went to Oakland. He has a couple of big games, but 10.3, and now he's out of the league. So, so I'm just very aware of ages of, of players. And when they get to that danger zone, even if they're elite, I'm very interested in moving them. Doesn't mean that Julio is not going to be relevant for two, three, four more years, but you're taking a chance if, if you hold on to him, right? Yeah. I don't disagree with the selling Julio. I, I do slightly disagree. Well, I, I think Leonard Fournette's value is going to either go up or down. It's not going to stay where it is in the next 12 months. But I, I have a tendency to believe that Leonard Fournette is more of a buy right now at, at where he's being drafted than a sell. Um, but I also don't have a problem with someone that's wanting to get out from, you know, get out from under the risk uh, uh, that he ends up being an issue. But I mean, the guy's still a six foot 220 plus running back with elite uh, production, elite pedigree. That's 24 years old. I mean, he, he is, you know, the, the difference between him and, and doing something like what Ezekiel Elliott's doing right now, production wise is not, not far off. And, and so I think that this next year is going to be huge for Leonard Fournette, but if, if, if 12 months from right now, he's back in the late teens or early twenties in startup ADP, it would not shock me at all. As a matter of fact, if I had to bet whether he would be there or in round, you know, six plus or, or six or, or lower, I would put my money pretty, pretty easily on the, you know, late twenties, early late teens, early 20s as, as where Fournette would be drafted. So, And this is kind of a milestone move for me. I've typically been a, a Fournette hoarder. So <laughs> uh, I think in, in full PPR and doing this, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's part of the, the bigger, better will that we're trying to establish. <laughs> part, so one thing, too, that I wanted to bring up with, and we'll get into like the, the 2019 rookies, but uh, so with Latavius Murray signing in New Orleans, have you guys looked at Latavius Murray's athleticism and potentially why he lost himself millions of dollars by not being like five years younger? Sorry, like seven years younger. No, eight years younger and coming out in this class. He, I think he would have scored out as the top athlete in this class and it would have been close. Yeah, I, I heard. So congratulations to Under the Helmet podcast. So Chad Parsons just released the 400th episode. And basically he went through and gave a little blurb on all of the players. And he mentioned a lot of their metrics and he mentioned that about Latavius Murray, how he was, you know, is, you know, his, his athletic numbers, his metrics are, 
are pretty phenomenal. And I, that was a surprise to me because the way he gets discussed, you know, we don't discuss him like, you know, coming into the league, he was, you know, he, he had those kinds of numbers, but, but yeah. So enlighten us, Will, cause I'd, I'd like to learn more. Cause it was just a quick blurb that I caught and I was like, wow, that's really, that's Latavius Murray. Okay. Uh, what did I, I, I think I froze out on you. Sorry about that. Yeah. I'm recording locally though. So it's okay. <laughs> well, it's okay. I'm recording locally. So everything I said is our listeners didn't, didn't skip a beat. So talk about Latavius Murray. Well, and what you know about him. Yeah. And so I'm grabbing these from, from playerprofiler.com. Great place to look for these kind of stats. Cause I do think they keep pretty good records of everything. And I really enjoy that. Uh, but here you, so combine, he measures in at 6'2", 223. And that sounds like a bell cow back, but that also puts his BMI in the 17th percentile of running back. So it's, he's actually like, it, as far as a running back goes, kind of skinny. Uh, but he ran a 4-4-3-40. Uh, his speed score there, because they, they do height, weight, and, and speed, he was a 115.8, so 97th percentile. Uh, burst was, was up there, and then bench press was up there. Uh, he had a great you – know, he had a decent college dominator. He was, everything like, he was basically everything you wanted in a running back. His, his college target share as a running back was 8.5%, which is the 63rd percentile. So if he was coming out now, everybody would be like, this guy – is going to be the next David Johnson, but he's faster and more athletic. You know, like he has a better college production profile. He came from Central Florida, which is eh, it's like a mixed bag. They got better uh, since he left. But uh, if he was on the team now, I just feel like that kind of – it's interesting to see how we, where we are now with this class and how we're kind of reaching for athleticism versus back then. But I, he was drafted at the sixth – he was drafted in the sixth round uh, by the Raiders that year. And basically forgotten. Like, nobody even thought about it. I mean, I can't remember thinking about Latavius Murray uh, when he came out and came to the NFL. And now he might be a first-round pick. Like, late first round? Oh, in this class, you mean if he was, like, younger? Yeah. So, if Latavius Murray was 21 with this profile, so he's the top athlete in the class. He's 6'2", has a great target share from college. Uh, decent, a decent dominator and yards per carry from a smaller school in Central Florida, but then tests tests out like just amazingly. Like he's yeah, I think yeah, I mean he might be the top back in this class, except for Josh Jacobs. That was a joke. Um, I mean, I'm, but, but I'm just I'm just saying like the athleticism scores and like what we're looking at now is just it's just different. I just think his yeah. profile is interesting. I, he's, he's 29. He's not the same athlete that he was when he came out and went to the combine at 21, so it's fine. Well, I, I, think we're, I think generally speaking, people are smarter, too, when it comes to, to, to Dynasty. Not that we've been playing for a long, long time, but, but you know, every year I think that not only do we get smarter, but I think just, like, listening to other people, you know, that are in the, the quote, industry, unquote, and playing against other other players, I, we're just more in tune to these metrics and college production and how important it is for certain players to run a three cone and the short shuttle and and all these things. Like I think I think just think we're more in tune to that kind of stuff. And uh, you know I, I think you know uh, whenever people are playing Dynasty when Latavius Murray was coming into the league, I don't think Dynasty players were quite as savvy as they are now. That's just my perception. Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think that's true. Um, I think it's interesting about Latavius Murray, you know, he, he signed a pretty decent contract, all things considered, you know, for, for a 28 year old running back, um, you know, he, he got a $14.4 million contract with it, which if you look, I'm on spot track right now. Um, and it's the 15th. If you, if you look just at, you know, total dollars of the contract, it's the 15th highest um, most lucrative contract uh, among running backs active, uh, actively under contract in the NFL. And then if you look at, you know, practical guarantee, like uh, essentially, you know, the, the amount of money that's essentially guaranteed in the deal, um, it's uh, 16. So, you know, he's, he's getting paid pretty decent money um, uh, by, by the Saints. And so I, I do think, you know, I, I, I think there's a, a pretty good possibility that the Saints add, a, uh, a running back in the draft, you know, probably in that, you know, fourth to sixth round range to, to come in and, and be, provide some depth. But I think you're going to probably see Latavius Murray used uh, very much like, uh, 
Mark Ingram was used in that offense. And, and I think there's going to be a lot of times where both he and Kamara are on the field. Um, so anyway, be interesting. It's going to be a, a fun backfield. You know, people forget that what it was just two years ago where, you know, both those guys were, were RB ones. Uh, also Latavius Murray just turned, he turned 29 January 18th, January 18th, 1990. Oh, but he's outdated info. I'll never use this website again. <laughs> Garbage. Hey, guys, breaking news. We have a trade that must have just happened live because it involves one of Trey Barrett's teams. This is our Konami Code League. This is a salary cut contract league. Trey, you, th- there's some big names in the steal. You, you, you gave up Mike Evans in the 303 for Todd Gurley in the 201. And there's obviously contracts and money involved, so that's not even the full story. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a trade that I think J- Jason actually offered this trade to me like two weeks ago, and he just offered the the Gurley for Evans, um, and they're both very similar salaries, like right around. I think I think that Gurley is a little cheaper, but Gurley also has one more year, and 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 is in this league, as you guys know. I, I don't know that all our listeners will will be keen to the fact that in this league. Uh, salaries and players that you're keeping are still under contract increased by 20% while the salary cap only goes up by 5%. So, you know, um, Todd Gurley's salary is going to go from, I think like 217 to like 260. Um, whereas Mike Evans is in the last year of his deal. So I was pretty excited. I think Todd Gurley, you know, th- this trade 12 months ago would have looked ridiculous. And I think there's just a lot of kind of, you know, quote unquote fear mongering going on right now around Todd Gurley's knee. Um, I think that, and it's, it's not, um, not with, it's not that there's no concern there, but you know, the opportunity to get a guy like early that can be just an absolute difference maker at his position. I do like Mike Evans and I think Mike Evans is going to have a really nice year this year in Tampa. But um, I also honestly was really excited. I, I'm the more and more that I'm looking at the, the rookie draft board, the more that I'm loving the 110 to 204 range. So to add a pick in that range, you know, the 201 essentially, you know, is, is going to have a, a three-year deal at, I don't remember, I think it's like $26. It's a, it's a really affordable uh, contract, may even be 18. I don't remember what the second round picks have in that league, but a very affordable contract. And, and I think an opportunity to get a difference maker there. So yeah, it was exciting, man. It was, it was fun to, you know, I reached out to Jason and said, hey man, we're recording the podcast if you want to, you know, take a look at the counter offer I sent you. And uh, so I'm interested to see what you guys think. Well, I think the other thing interesting about that deal too, in this league in particular, it, since it's, uh, you know, a salary cap contract league, most of the premier running backs are under contract. The, really the only one that's out there that's of any, any note, I think, is Le'Veon Bell. So other than Le'Veon Bell going into the free agency auction, there's just not a lot of running backs. So I think just the fact that you grabbed a running back is, is key. Um, Cause I think Todd Gilly has a lot of value in this league. Cause I think running backs are going to be, you know, hard to come by if you don't have them. Um, and and I, I do like that, that deal because you, I, I think getting that, uh, that two Oh one pick and giving up your third rounder, even though I think it's relatively early um, is, is nice for this draft class. I like that range. I, I'm with you, Trey. I think late first, early second, I, I'm involved right now in an industry draft that uh, that Tim Torch is doing, and looking at the the guys that are going, um, you know, kind of late first, early second. I'm pulling it up right now. It, it's kind of names I, I'm I'm excited about. This is uh this is Superflex, just like this Konami Code League is. So like the 110 Kelvin Harmon, um, the 111 Daryl Henderson, the 112 David Montgomery, you know, the 201. Oh, it's not here. Um, but, you know, like those kinds of guys, you know, at the end of the first and early second, there are a lot of interesting players as well. So, yeah, I, 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 like, I like the deal. I, I like getting picks in that area of the draft. Who is a 201 in this draft? And I can pull it up. Um, like no, Noah Fant in, in this, in this um, industry mock and a super flex went at the 201. 202 Damian Harris. So you get one of those guys at the, at the 201, you're probably pretty happy. Will, you'd be happy to get Noah Fan at the 201, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe not in Konami code. 
Well, it's a little bit different because you gotta, yeah, you gotta wait. I mean, yeah, you get yeah. them for, for three years, so maybe that's not the, but but you know, you know, you, you can get a running back like a Damian Harris or something like that. Um, I mean, there there are some interesting running backs that are probably gonna be available in that range. That's for sure. I think also think run, no, I think running backs are gonna go off the board quickly in, in that league. Because uh, it's, it's you know contract. We're, that's not a normal rookie draft by any means. You know the other. It will be interesting to see because I, I thought about it a lot. Will like in a contract league like this, it, it's going to be completely different. You're right because you have a small window of time, and maybe you think DK Metcalf is going to be this elite wide receiver one. I don't necessarily think that, but it, if so, it's not going to happen year one or year, probably not year two. You know, it, it'll be interesting. Well, the the other key too about that league, and and this is probably diving in deeper than people want to want to really listen to, <laughs> but I I think it just is is nice to to get some of the you know, the, the salary cap content out there. Um, and, and I just looked, and, and it is $18 that a second-round pick um, cost you. So, you know, you, you have the taxi squad. So that, that one, of the va- one of the things about the value of, you know, these taxi squads in these leagues, in that particular league, you put them on your taxi squad, and you can cut them at any point with no future penalty. But the, the also the nice thing is, it, you know, think about some of the guys that have gone in the second round of rookie drafts in the past – you know, two or three years, you know, guys even that have gone in the third round, like a David Johnson, you know, it, let's say, let's say you do take Noah Fant to 201. His salary is $18. Well, as long as he's got one year left on his contract, he could be extended. So I could, you know, let's say at the end of two years, you know, his, his contract has gone from 18 and then increases 20%. So it'll go up to like 2160. So at the end of, the end of his second year, his contract's 2160. Well, he's looking like he's going to be a top six tight end in Dynasty in a tight end premium league, 2160 is 2%. So I can extend him. Uh, It's a 25% salary increase, which only takes him up to like $27. And I know this math because I've done it because I own like four first or four second round picks in that league. But you know, the opportunity to then lock up a guy that's a stud for super cheap for four, you know, three, four years. And his, his, his salary is not, you know, whereas market value may be 60, $70, and and he'll never even get that high during the entire length of his his contract. So I I think that that's where there's some value for these second round picks in these leagues. Um, so you know again, just super important to know your rules, know the ins and outs of you know. And and again, this is just another public service announcement. If you're not playing in a salary cap contract league, um, you you got to take the leap. It's it's an absolute blast. It, it, it you look at things completely differently through a completely different lens. Yeah, and, it, and it's fun. And deals can get made that you, you know, if you don't understand how the league works, you know, on, on paper, you put it on Twitter, people are like, why did you make this deal? Well, you got to understand all the implications of the salary cap and league rules. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, I wouldn't recommend all of your leagues being salary cap leagues like this, but, you know, have, a, have a, at least a few. It, it, it's good times. Good times. Uh, Will, what do you think? Any, any other thoughts on this trade? You, you want to share any, any thoughts? What do you no, I was looking at I was looking at Gurley's uh, like production and, and things like that, and that what he was doing, and assuming that he's going to just I mean he has a whole offseason to recover, uh, he could still his his uh, upside next year is just massive. To be the number one fantasy player is is what like within like fifty percent of the realm of possibilities of Todd Gurley for next year. I do think, though, long-term, uh, like, I'll be honest, I, I'm worried about the knees. I mean, maybe not this year or next year, but I, I do think it is a concern, and, and it's important to pay attention and listen to the Dr. Chow's, you know, Dr. David Chow's of the world when they talk about Gurley and what that means and how his knees are going to be. So it, it, it'll it be interesting. But I don't think we really know exactly. I don't, I don't know if um, it's been documented and, and you know, so like, I, I don't know, like how true this news really is, right? Do we, do we have authoritative information that his, you know, he's got this arthritis in his knee or whatever. I don't know that that's like, we really know what's going on with them. Do we? Except for that. He couldn't play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, no, the t- kind the of the, some games, the entire some of the reports was, it was like a mental thing. Like he had that, that pain in his knees and he felt like, okay, if I go out there and like go all out, I'm going to injure myself more. Right? So, I, I mean, I don't know what to believe. I don't, I don't think we really know. Right. Yeah. I want, I want a big, a big time running back with mental problems. <laughs> like, that's great. Well, that's what I mean. That's, that's why yeah, you're yeah. seeing people willing to deal girly. Cause I mean, I, th- I don't think it's completely ridiculous. I mean, there is some risk here to acquire a Todd Gurley. I, I mean, th- there just is, you know, I mean, 
and we know running backs can be rel- super like you know Eddie Lacy one year and then just drop off the face of the earth the next year. That happens with these guys, right? Now, not that Eddie Lacy has the same pedigree as a Todd Gurley or anything like that. Okay, okay, it's about to. Had to yell really loud on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Comparison is horrible. Okay, uh, that's not fair. I think Todd Gurley's pretty safe in that role as long as he's healthy and can be mentally come back. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, these, are, these are still young kids. He's, 20, he's 24 now, so. Where's Todd Gurley in, in the startup ranking for you guys? Where, where do you take him? Where, where do you have him ranked? I'm just curious. Probably depends for me on the format of the league, but if it's just a straight PPR just, league, yeah, straight PPR. I, I, you know, I'm I'm still taking you know. Superflex, you got, of course. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that changes things. So I I still I still probably you know he he's probably a mid first guy for me because in a straight PPR league I, I'm still going to take OBJ. I'm still going to take DeAndre Hopkins. I'm still going to take Barkley. Of course, Superflex. I'm going to take Mahomes. Um, I'm going to, I'll be honest, like uh, when it comes down to Zeke versus Gurley, that's a tough decision for me. And, and I think I'm probably leaning Zeke. You guys know I'm, I'm a big fan of Zeke and, and I like the, you know, obviously there, there's some risk there as far as the uh, off the field stuff, but you know, every year that goes by that gets a little further in the distance. Um, so uh, probably he's in that mid, you know, 106 to 108 range for me. You, you take – what about um, Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey? You take those guys before Gurley or after? I probably would take those guys in order. Um, CMC, Kamara, Gurley. Man, that's – yeah, I'd probably take CRC, CMC, Kamara first. And Interesting. Will, what about you? Uh, yeah, I think I think I'd probably go Camara, CMC, Gurley. It kills me because I sold CMC last year for his like Julio Jones plus a pick. Then I made that move this year to get back Camara, but I sold CMC low, which I was I didn't think I was doing that. More. Uh, and then well, that guy who I traded him to crushed me in that league. I was a top scoring team, I think, at the end of the year. But he had Christian McCaffrey, and I lost in the semifinals. I don't think Bye. you could have you could have seen that coming. I mean, I thought I thought McCaffrey was going to be the steady fantasy producer, but I mean, he really was like a focal point of that Carolina Panthers offense. I don't think anyone, maybe a couple people, saw it coming. But he had an amazing year, so I, I wouldn't beat yourself up too much. That guy did, and he he just fleeced me. <laughs> person. All right, fair enough. No, I'm with you guys. So you 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 take OBJ and and uh, John Dre Hopkins before Gurley as well well uh i mean i probably i'm i don't know it depends what kind of league you're in and what you're doing but i i I don't i'm not a huge fan of taking wide receivers in the first round yet as far as like what i'm going to build a dynasty roster that's not what i'm looking for in the first round i'm looking to trade back and not take those guys like preferably or if i have DeAndre hopkins or i have an obj i'm trying to move them when i feel like they hit their max value and it could it could be like right now for obj yeah, I, I mean, my, in my opinion, I'm, I'm kind of a Trey. I would take all those guys he named before Todd Gurley, just just for the record. So, are we underselling Odell Beckham's injury problems and and games played uh, in the past three years? Probably. <laughs> I mean, he, he you know he well, one came into the league with a hamstring injury, but then burst out on the scene massively. He's, he's uber talented, and I know that like getting your ankle landed on like he did, and some of the problems he had are not are not like a. It's not like Alshon Jeffrey's soft tissue injuries, but the, when you have this, this kind of like this year-over-year thing, sorry, these year-over-year injuries, that, that is a big problem. Like that ruins years for you if that's your number one player and you paid those picks for him or you paid the price to acquire him. Uh, you're, you're kind of sitting in the middle. Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm sorry, I just totally – Lost my reply to what what you said, which which I liked. I'm not I'm not worried about it. Uh, I think that he is. Um, I think that people we have a terrible um, terrible um, 
man, I, my word finding is, uh, you know, I, yeah. I, you I, know, I, and I, just, <laughs> I had the same thing. I was oh, like, uh, what am we, I going to say back? Um, we, we, in the, in the <laughs> dynasty, in the, in the dynasty world, we have a very short term memory. There we go. I got it out. Like and it. so I, I think that we forget that Odell Beckham is first three years in the league, put up, you know, two 1,300-yard season and a 1,400-yard season and scored double-digit touch, double touchdowns in all three. He's only 26 years old. He just moved to one of the, one of the most exciting, young, up-and-coming offenses and quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, I, I think that that team is built to contend for championships uh, for the foreseeable future. And so I think that Odell Beckham is going to be by far and away the centerpiece of that offense and passing game. So, no, I, I love Odell Beckham. He is, he's skyrocketed right back up into the – I mean, honestly, in a straight PPR league, not super flex for me today, Saquon Barkley is the 101, and then I'm having a tough time deciding between Hopkins and Beckham at two. No questions asked. I'm taking Beckham over Michael Thomas. I'm taking him over Devontae Adams. Um, I, I love what he can do on the field. There are very few receivers in the NFL that have the explosive ability he does. And, and you could argue that we have not seen him in an offense with a quarterback as good as what he'll be playing in in the next 36 months. I mean, you know, back in 2014, his, his rookie season, Eli Manning was probably still playing at a pretty decent level. But, you know, do, do we expect Baker Mayfield in his second and third year to exceed that? I, I would think so. I know Manning's won a couple Super Bowls, but so I, I just think that, you know, it, it's possible we haven't even seen the ceiling from Odell Beckham. Yeah, so if you look at when he entered the league, he, he finished, 2014, he finished, these are PPR leagues of my wide receivers, finished seventh, then he finished fifth overall in 2015, fourth overall uh, the next year. Then he was injured, so basically, he, you know, didn't register. And then last year he finished 17th, and, and he missed some time. So. Um, that's a pretty good track record. I, I will, I will say, I think one of my concerns, but but who knows how the offense is going to go? Is Baker Mayfield is a guy that likes to distribute the ball around? So is, is he going to is is Beckham going to be the focal point of that offense? I mean, he's going to be the focal point, but is he going to get as many targets as we think? I'm not so worried about that. But I, I, I you know, I think DeAndre Hopkins, I still have ahead of of Beckham, but um, yeah, I, I like him in that range. I mean, clearly he's he's among the considerations there in you know early to mid first round startup so but, but it'll be interesting i mean yeah the last couple of years he has had some injuries and that that's certainly a concern so so we will see and it's the cleveland browns so i know they've got baker mayfield but no they're so they're, had, they're much Eli manning and odell beckham both had their best career completion percentages last year <laughs> i think hey. i think odell has a better passer rating though Probably. I mean, well, I think it's close. he went two for two with two touchdowns. Hey guys, have we talked about the deal I made to where I acquired Antonio Brown on the show? Cause I, cause I, I mean, this happened a while ago. This is before, right before he got traded to the Raiders, but um, I'm not sure that I talked about it. So I basically traded Aaron Jones and the, the one ten for Antonio Brown. This is a half point PPR league, one quarterback, 12 team league. And I'd like to know your, your thoughts on the deal because I, I felt that, yes, I, I know Antonio Brown, he's one of those older guys that I shouldn't necessarily be acquiring, I should be selling. But I just felt, I felt it was a chance to get him when he was, you know, kind of, um, you know, people were kind of underestimating what he could do the next couple of years. And I have a, a team that's um, a lot of younger talent on my team, and I'm certainly a contender this year, I feel. Aaron Jones, I'm not confident about his um, – future role in green Bay and how long he's going to be the stable fantasy asset. And then the one ten in this year's draft, it's, it's not a super flex league. I like that pick, but I feel like I, I can move back into the end of the first if I wanted to. So uh, Trey, you and I have talked about this a, a couple of times, but, but Will, what do you think of that deal? Aaron Jones, and the one ten for Antonio Brown. Yeah, I think you're mitigating risk. So Antonio Brown carries his own risk with it, but uh, Aaron Jones carries, I think a lot more with it, the, where he was picked and what his production has been so far, uh, he is a darling in the dynasty community. He hits a lot of metrics boxes. He hits a lot of efficiency boxes. But he hasn't hit a lot of uh, like fantasy stat boxes in, in health over the past couple of years. And he had his 
get arrested for you know having pot or I think it was smoking weed in Green Bay. So that, that's not like a great, you know, regardless of your feelings of, of, of that in the NFL, that's not a great like flag to plant with Aaron Jones. So I think you're mitigating that. Uh, the 110, as far as a rookie pick this year, it's, I don't know, this standard league, this rookie class to me, I'm just not as excited about, and I'm not against sell, like selling picks for players at, at all. So I think, yeah, I think this is a good deal. I think the other person, I think it's, it's a pretty fair one overall. If that person needs a running back and you want Antonio Brown and they also love rookie picks, I don't know. I don't think there's like a major win from one side or the other though. He, he, he's rebuilding. So he definitely needed uh, a, a running back help and the one ten will certainly help him in the future. No, I mean, he, he told me in the deal, like, yeah, this is good for me cause I'm rebuilding. So, so um, what's your, but what's your opinion with Aaron Jones as a rebuilding piece? That just seems really high risk rebuilding piece to me. Like, don't you want to rebuild with more safe long-term assets that have, have a higher hit rate than fifth round running backs? Well, I mean, if Jordan McNamara was on this uh, show, <laughs> he'd be, be socking that guy right in the face. Trey, you do your best, Jordan McNamara, and, and talk about Aaron Jones and what you think of this deal. Well, first of all, just b- before I comment on the deal overall, Will, I think probably what the guy needs to do ultimately is, you know, if he's rebuilding, he probably feels like the rookie pick gives him an opportunity to take a shot, you know, which we know first round rookie picks don't have a hundred percent hit rate. So there's risk baked in there and it's, you know, there's nine guys that are going to go ahead of him. So, you know, you're, you're getting a guy, we, but, but we talked about how we kind of like some of the guys in that range. Um, and so I, I think with a guy like Aaron Jones, you're hopeful that he goes into the season to start the starter and ends up, you know, taking off and, and is a, you know, top 10 running back three, four, five weeks into the season. And then for me, I'd be looking to flip him immediately. Because I'm with you, and, and, and for me, I love this deal for Ryan. I think Antonio Brown, I mean, if you look last season, uh, the, the two leaders in targets for the Raiders are gone. Jared Cook with 101 targets and Jordy Nelson with 88. That, that, there's 189 targets, 31 for Amari Cooper. So you're, you're already up to 220 targets. I think Antonio Brown is going to be absolutely peppered with targets in that offense. Now, you know, I I don't anticipate him being a top five or top, you know, maybe even eight wide receiver, but I think he's the kind of guy that can give you three or four more years of top 18 wide receiver production. And I think that 12 months from now, there's a possibility. I I think Aaron Jones is so ridiculously overvalued right now. And and you mentioned it. I mean, fifth round, fifth round running, I mean, he's got so many red flags he he's he's not played a full season yet a suspension history i mean um, i I just heard actually on a premium podcast um, chad parsons and um jordan mcnamara talking about it and i mean like the guy is so egregiously overvalued right now in dynasty so i love the deal i think antonio brown is a rock solid asset for two or three more years um, even even though his values you know dropped from where it was a year or two years ago, um, and, and I think you know twelve months from now Aaron Jones could could be plummeted in value, and the one ten could have could, could be a miss. So I, I like the I like it. I think it's a, a great trade, especially considering you're a contender. Aaron Jones with his athleticism missed out on his draft year. If he was coming out this year, oof, <laughs> he'd be the Latavius Murray of this draft class. Yeah, no, I, I was pretty happy with the deal, and I think it's good because I don't have to. This is a productive struggle team, so I added, you know, a veteran wide receiver, and Antonio Brown's going to lose value, but I've got a nice core of younger wide receivers. So I've got, you know, DJ Moore, Corey Davis, Keenan Allen, those types of guys on the team. So I could start all those guys and Antonio Brown, uh, a little Nick Chubb action. Baker Mayfield is on that team, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about this roster. So, not to mention Andrew Luck. So, hmm. Six points uh, per passing touchdown. So, you know, you know, some leagues like this one, I think that um, even this one QB, the quarterbacks in this league are pretty valuable, you know, based on how, how the scoring is set up. So it's, it's uh, you know, it's like you said, Trey, it's always important to pay attention to scoring settings. And, and don't think just because it's a one QB league that QBs can't make a difference for your team. Any other deals you guys want to talk about? 
Is there We're another tra- no? Jack, Jarvis Landry right now in a super, super flex league with rookie picks? How do I value Jarvis Landry? That's a great question. You know, I, I, I'm to the point where I own so much Jarvis Landry. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I just can't – like, I'm just, I'm just holding and hoping for the best. I'm not going to go out and acquire him even if he's, he's a value because I have him in so many leagues because I like Jarvis Landry so much. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I, you know, I think that the way Baker Mayfield plays the game and distributes the ball, I, I actually think the addition of OBJ is, um, is going to be good for Jarvis Landry to, to a certain extent. So – I, I hope that's right, but we'll see. What, what do you think, uh, Trey? Well, I'm curious. It's a good, good, good question. Are you trying to acquire him, Will, or are you just not you're just trying to figure out how to value him? I'm just going to hold off on where my position is in the Jarvis Landry we'll, we'll stock. We'll see what Trey thinks. Yeah, I think uh, – I was trying to pull up ADP to see where he is in, in recent ADP. Um, I, I would say for me, probably right now, Jarvis Landry is a guy that I would be willing to give – uh, anything later than the 107, so 107 or later. Um, if I if I've got the 106 um, in a in a you know let's say straight up PPR league, no super flex. Um, you know I, I still flex, think. Though. Well, if it's super flex, then I'm probably not giving anything because I, I do believe that Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins are very likely going to end up being top six, top seven uh, rookie picks, and so because we know the value of quarterbacks in super flex leagues, you know, I think if you were to say, give, you know, would you rather have Dwayne Haskins or Jarvis Landry? Like, I just feel like Jarvis Landry's ceilings capped a little. So uh, unless he ends up going, you know, like 20th overall, uh, talking about Haskins, I think I'd rather have Haskins. So I probably would, would want to get Landry for like the one Oh nine. If it was a super flex, if, if it were not super flex, I'd probably be comfortable giving the one Oh seven. Because I, I think that you've got, you know, the, those top six picks. I think there's going to end up being a couple running backs that are worth those picks. And then, then you've got, I think, guys like um, A.J. Brown, Hakeem Butler, um, and Nikhil Harry are all three going to be pretty much locks for me that I'd prefer to have over Jarvis Landry. As you guys know, D.K. Metcalf is probably a guy that I'm going to avoid um, unless – I don't know. He, he's probably a guy I'm going to avoid at this point because I think that as much as he could boom, I think he could also bust. So, uh, short story long, probably I would give the 107 or later, non super flex. What about like the 112 and 201 for like Jarvis Landry and the the 211? I think that's too much personally. Yeah, I think the, the difference I guess between my favorite the, trade, guess, like these are all League of Ballers offers on the table. <laughs> I think the 112 and 201 are a huge gap from the 211. I think that the the level of, um, you know, you're talking about a Miles Sanders and a Noah Fant, guys that I think you know have realistic shots to be top 15 and top 10 at their position um, in the in the coming years. So I, I just feel like that is a uh, man that, that that I do. I, I think it's too much. I'm, I'm curious to why. Uh, the, so the Miles Sanders tray, like this is you coming around on him. What are your favorite parts about his game? So probably my, I'll have to say, I don't uh, claim to be a, uh, a scout uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, what I can say is that I really like, what I've seen on film. Um, I think that he has like just the way that he takes on tackles, the way that he, you know, uh, seems to kind of stay balanced and he's got some agility. He's got, I don't know really what his, I don't remember um, that he's a really explosive athlete. Um, But I just think that he's got incredible potential as a running back uh, to be an all around, like, running between the tackles, catching the ball. I really think that he's, he's got all the tools to be a really good NFL running back. And I, I think the only, the only thing that, you know, you can really say about Miles Sanders um, that he hasn't done is, is, you know, that he didn't, he only really had one year of college production, but I mean, you know, the guy was behind one of the great, I think probably 10 years from now we'll consider Saquon Barkley 
one of the greatest running backs in NFL history, barring any unforeseen injury or off the field issues. So, I mean, you know, basically in, in the year following Saquon Barkley, Barkley moving on to the NFL, um, you know, uh, Sanders had almost 1500 all purpose yards as a junior at Penn state and um, almost double digit touchdowns. So I, I just think that he has incredible potential. Yeah. I don't think you can, to, to be able to get a guy with three down potential like him with, with all of the, the, the things that he does well that I see on the limited amount of film I've watched of him to get him at the end of the first round and be able to have a potential, you know, three down work course starting running back, I think is huge. Yeah. I love all those points. I think you're completely right about Miles Sanders, Trey. I'm on, I'm bored with it. hundred uh, percent. My worry is that I think he's going to move up in, in dynasty rookie draft boards. Because uh, one of the things, and we may run out of print time here shortly, but anyway, uh, that I put on our, our like sheet was so Miles Sanders. I'm just gonna say it had he had 308 total college touches when Josh Jacobs had like 290. I think it was 298, which is kind of funny because this Miles Sanders basically wasn't used at all versus Jacobs was kind of sprinkled in his his entire career. So I think his last year production what he did. So he doesn't have the touches overall. Like let's say wear and tear in your body. You're just looking at that. You're just looking at that from college production. Uh, Miles Sanders at least had a bell cow role, bell cow role and, and did really well this senior year. So I think his prospect profile is a little bit boosted by the unathletic class that he tested in. But his senior year stats are going to – I think they're going to propel him. Let's say like the second round of the NFL draft would be my guess for him. And he's, gonna, he's just going to shoot up rookie mock boards in Dynasty. So that's my concern. That he's yeah, – like, uh, the value that we're just going to miss out on the value. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I, I could, I could see, certainly, see him climbing higher. You know, landing spot, draft capital, both going to be huge for him. Um, and, and so, I, I think that he's he certainly could end up being in the you know one hundred six to one hundred eight range um, in rookie drafts. And so, there, there's there's several guys that I think he could could leapfrog there. I agree with a lot of what you're saying that he could be really Great. My worry, I guess, is uh, that he's just going to be his like his rookie dynasty uh, draft value is going to skyrocket, and so Miles yeah. is going to go from being this this value to where you're getting a potential three down back to a guy you're going to be taking a risk as a three down back versus some of these great receivers like prospects. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he put himself on the map with his, his combine numbers, and then people started to look at him closely, and then we remember, oh, you know, he has high pedigree. He was highly recruited at a high school, and he was stuck behind Saquon Barkley, and we're and we're starting to to see it. Where where you know maybe he's not, you know, as, as Paul Pergadizzi would say, maybe he doesn't have like one calling card or something that does like amazingly well. But he's a very well rounded back, and and a guy that I highly value as well the, the one thing and matt waldman has pointed this out hopefully matt waldman's going to join us here he's tentatively scheduled to join the joes here in april but when he was talking about running backs this running back class on his rsp podcast he pointed out that miles sanders has a bit of a fumbling issue ball security is an issue and that could be a big problem in the nfl now i know we were saying this a little bit about a sonny michelle last year and that didn't really prove to be an issue with sonny michelle but i looked at teamrankings.com and I look at fumbles lost so in 2018 Miles Sanders was tied for fifth he lost four fumbles which which is not great so um that's something to watch but other than that I don't see anything about his game that I I have a major issue with maybe he's not outstanding in any area but I think he's a very solid running back and I would love for the Chicago Bears to draft Miles Sanders maybe trade up in the second round and grab him but that's probably not gonna happen I just, I just pulled up the DLF ADP and currently Miles Sanders is 11th. So, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of talking about him in the right range, but here, here's the, the four guys ahead of him. And I think there's a good possibility he jumps at least two of these guys. 10th um, is Damian Harris. Um, and, and, and it's a, I mean, the ADP is 11.4 for Harris and 12.0 for Sanders. So not even a full spot. Um, ninth is Noah Fant, you know, again, Noah Fant goes somewhere like 
the Patriots, you know, this could even go up, but if, you know, what if he goes somewhere like the chiefs, right. Where, where he doesn't have a, a, a great, uh, you know, uh, runway for early production, you know, maybe he drops down a little. Um, Daryl Henderson is, is eighth right ahead of Noah Fant. And then the one that I think is probably the most likely, this guy could probably even just swap spots with Miles Sanders is David Montgomery, um, just depending on where he goes in the NFL draft. So, so you know, th- those four guys ahead of him are, are all guys he could leapfrog depending on where he lands, right? And, and we don't have to rehash all the, all the great landing spots that there are right now for for some running backs so anyway it's going to be fun to watch and and I do even if Sanders isn't there I do think there's going to be some really interesting names um, available there in that late first in the industry mock that I'm doing on Twitter right now that Tim Torch is running he went at the 109 um, at DFF Memphis took him at the 109 and you know I think that like here's what he said about him like Sanders is pretty much a layup here he absolutely killed the combine and showed that he deserves to be the RB1 in the RB1 conversation for Dynasty. His only real downside is that he lived in the shadow of Barkley for years. He's an above-average pass catcher, and that matters in a PPR world. He feels like an absolute steal with the 109. So that's at DFF Memphis, his words on why he took him in this industry mock draft. So that's the kind of hype he's starting to get. They're starting to get some buzz on Miles Sanders, and I think that only will propel him upward. So It'll, it'll be interesting. And obviously, it all comes down to landing spot NFL draft. This is all fun and games until we get to the NFL draft and have that data point. And then we can talk seriously about Miles Sanders. But. Well, it's, it's just – it's uh, I mean, Miles Sanders killed the combine this year. I don't know if he actually, like, historically crushed the combine by any means. Yeah, but I, I think the thing is, maybe when we talk about killed the combine, yeah, you're right. you got to put it into context, like how he did against other players – and expectations. Like, I don't think people necessarily expected him to, you know, put up the numbers that he did. So that's certainly a good point. But it is funny um, how we talk about killed the combine, but it's only in the context of the year of that combine and this running back class. No, it is, it is fun. But, uh, it's a 75th percentile spark score, which we all know has high correlated properties to fantasy football production. Right, Jarek McKinnon? Uh, who, uh, Christy Michael, he's actually on the line. I'm going to, I'm going to not answer because I always let his calls go to voicemail. Listen, player profiler has Miles Sanders best comparable as Felix Jones. So he's got to have good things in store. Uh, he, I mean, it's just like he was, he was, uh, you know, historically okay at the combine, like better. He's better than like way better than average, but. It, he, he didn't. He wasn't like. I don't know. Yeah, I think his combine just get overrated because everybody else disappointed. Like every, it's like a sad emoji for the running backs of the combine this year. So we're we're grabbing on to Miles Sanders, but his like his his coming into college. You know, the number one running back coming out of high school into college. I think that matters. I think the rest of it matters. So I'm not against him, and I think he'll get propped up, and I think we get drafted higher than what we think. I just think this value that Miles Sanders is going to fall to is going to be lost in the, the NFL draft. That's my opinion. But I'm wrong often. So, 308 touches at Penn State, 10 fumbles, lost seven of them. I don't love that, but that can be fixed, could, right? It can be fixed. Yeah, I think that fumbles are, yeah. And I don't remember who I heard talking about it, but I remember it might have been Evan Silva. Um, that that can be fixed. There's there's technique, and and you know these guys these guys work really hard on on that, and so I think that you. That, if that's the only pro- concern that we've got, then, you know, let's just hope that people that we're in rookie drafts with focus in on that. Maybe we can even drop that in league chats during the, you know, hey, man, that Miles Sanders had, did you guys know he had seven fumbles, only 300 touches in in uh, college football? Oof, Miles, maybe we should call him Fumbles Sanders. Yeah, I mean, phew, I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't, I'd stay away from that guy. He also only tests out, it's like, is like, what? Like a 75 percentile, 75, 75th percentile athlete. Uh, most Penn State players test out as 99 percentile. Was he not? He was not taking the juice. What's going on? Come on, is that committed to the game? Hey guys, we're, we're, it's getting kind of late here with this Fantasy Joe's uncut, unedited, uncensored edition. Any other thoughts that we want to leave our listeners with? Do we want to talk about our fantasy baseball teams, perhaps? 
or do we want to talk about March Madness? Oh, whoa. I think I got uh, reaffirmed by Tim Torch on Twitter with my uh, little Quadri Olsen opinion. They were just comparing him versus Divine Azigbo. And he's like, I don't know why Olsen's getting more hype. And I was like, he is just at the very end of every episode on the Fantasy Joes. So you're welcome, Quadri. <laughs> it's gone poorly for the other guys, but good luck for you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's that's Will's flag plant guy. You know, his, his deep, deep, deep rookie draft flag plant guy. Right? Yeah, potential UGFA. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Maybe he'll be like I Phil mean, Lindsay and he'll, he'll catch on someplace. Not the same. Not obviously the same type of player or anything, but you know, because he's a big dude, and maybe he'll go in there and crush some guys and have a great my year. Favorite fourth round pick. The, the, pa- the Patriots pick up. He's their goal line back. And, um, you know, all, all the <laughs> Sonny Michelle owners are mad at him. In one season, then all the Georgia running backs did the entire time that Sonny Michelle was in college. So, here we go. Here we go. He was in uh, Quadri Allison. Yeah. Guy from Pittsburgh. So, I went, just went to player profiler real quick. Um, you want to talk about historical. He had a uh, – 10th percentile agility score and a 7th percentile burst score. So that's, uh, yeah. And at 228 pounds, he bench pressed, did the bench press 19 times, which ironically is a, is a, is a 43rd percentile. Um, anyway, I just, so I just, he crushed, he actually crushed Jack, Josh Jacobs in the, in metrics. Yeah. Metrics. It's nuts. In production. Holy Josh Jacobs didn't play at Alabama and can line up as a slot receiver and catch passes. It is actually significantly better. <laughs> All right, guys, any, any final thoughts to leave our listeners with anything else? So we, we have to mention quadri every episode. Well, that was a good mention. Any, any, <laughs> any deep dives, any of these rookies or, or anything else, any, any unsigned free agents right now that you're interested in trying to acquire? I still think TJ Yeldon is an interesting guy and I don't know why he hasn't been signed. It, it kind of bothers me a little bit. Uh, JJI, I can understand because I'm just thinking that, you know, teams like he just doesn't check out medically. They're just not wanting to touch him, but I don't know. Yeldon kind of stands out. A lot of teams could use him. Any, any other guys that like free agents that are out there that you're kind of keeping your eye on just to see. what so, I went through, I was looking at this uh, a couple nights ago in my dining two leagues where you have deeper rosters. And I was like, okay, now's the time to maybe uh, potentially pick up some free agents that are out there that you think could be more beneficial, especially in like super flex leagues or two tight end. And the answer to that, Ryan, uh, unrostered free agents, I found nothing. It was horrible. I didn't like any of them. It was <laughs> not a fun process at all. I spent like an hour doing this. Well, it's worth it's worth a look though, right? You, you never know. You might pick up a guy that um, could could uh, you could reap the rewards of uh, finding a someone that's on the waiver wire. You just never know. Trey, you picked up uh, in one of our leagues. You picked up uh, who was it on the on the waiver wire? Was it was it Albert Wilson? Yeah, yeah, it was Albert Albert Wilson. So, so any other guys that you've kind of in any of your leagues where you've seen them on the waiver wire? You're like, ooh, that's that's a nice pickup. You know, there there are a couple of leagues where I've been picking up some of these young tight ends. I, you know, I think that there's a potential that, uh, that we have a little bit of a changing of the guard. Um, Will Disley is a guy that I've picked up in a couple spots. I, I think he's got a really good chance coming off an injury. You know, he he looked really, really good last year. And I, I, I want to say, was it PFF? He, he was graded pretty highly. Um, it may not have been PFF, but I, I read a couple articles, and I think I saw a tweet maybe from Elvin Silva. Um, about Will Disley. So he, he's a guy, um, Gerald Everett too is another guy. I think, I think with, um, oh shoot, what's the name of the other tight end there uh, in LA? Higby, um, Tyler Higby. Yeah, Tyler Higby. I, I think, I think Higby got a little, you know, I, I think we forget about how um, impressive Gerald Everett was and in his, uh, so, so there's a couple, couple leagues where, you know, I, I have either Ingram or Kelsey, but, but not much else. And so um, I, I've gone and, and just, you know, uh, dropped a couple uh, guys that, you know, either I, I just don't had depth at the wide receiver position or there were just guys I thought, man, I'm, I'm just never going to start. 
and added a couple of those young young tight ends to my rosters. So Disley and Everett are probably two of the two of the guys that are my favorite right now. Yeah, T, you know, I'll be honest. T.J. Yeldon's probably a guy that you could go out and get for super cheap if he still if he still remains unsigned when your rookie drafts are going on. I bet you could get him for like a third round pick. And uh, you know, I think there's there's still a decent possibility that with a training camp injury or OTA injury or preseason injury, if not before, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe there, maybe teams are, are thinking, well, we'll see what happens in the draft. And if nothing, if they don't land the guy, they're kind of eyeing in the draft and then they bring him in. I mean, you know, obviously there's still several teams out there, you know, the, the Raiders, the Eagles, um, the Dolphins, even though I, I know that, you know, Drake and, and, uh, Balage still have their supporters out there. Um, but I, I think that Yeldon could end up being a really interesting he, – he's the guy that produced when he, when he got the opportunity there in Jacksonville um, on a limited basis. But I, I think that – I like that name. I, I think that he's a guy that would be uh, – man, I mean, just imagine if there's a news blurb that comes out tomorrow that the Philadelphia Eagles are signing TJ Yeldon. I mean, you're not getting him for a third-round pick anymore. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I just not that I think that's going to happen, uh, right? It, it's going to be so. I, I just can't wait for the draft. It's going to be so interesting to see what like the Philadelphia Eagles do. Do they do they take a Josh Jacobs or, or someone else? What do the Raiders do? The Colts. What about these wide receivers? It's going to be so much fun. Do the Packers? You know, I, even though I hate the Packers, it'd be interesting if they took a DK Metcalf or if they drafted you know, uh, Hawk or whatever. It'll, it'll, it'll be fun, but we, we've got some time to go, but don't worry. The fancy Joe's are going to be here with you. We'll hold each other's hands. We'll get through it together. We're going to survive until the NFL draft. Then we're going to have the drafter party. We're going to get some of our friends together. We're going to talk about it. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have some rookie mock drafts right after that. It's going to be good. So I think we're going to sign off guys. Unless you have anything else to say, we are the fancy Joe's. We're at FF Joe's on Twitter. You can follow us on Patreon or join us, support us on Patreon, rather. Patreon.com slash Fantasy Joes. Um, and, and check that out. We have special Patreon-only episodes. So check that out. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I am Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. We're a G-rated show, man. That's right. Uh, we're gonna try not my, to swear. My kids listen to this show. They were listening to you guys talk to Kyle that Richardson on the. And I was amused when I saw I heard Ryan at the beginning say, "Yeah, we're gonna make this a fast episode." And I looked down and saw one hour and eleven minutes. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, look at Ryan! Look at Ryan!" <laughs>